0: Thanks, Gene. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. If you uh, have a Bible, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 4, I'd appreciate that. And if you don't have a Bible, there are plenty in the pew racks uh, right there in front of you. Uh, if you don't have one at home and would like a Bible, you can truly take one of those as a gift from us to you. Ephesians chapter 4, we've kind of camped here for the last three weeks, and uh, this is the third and final sermon in the series on discipleship that we'll be finishing up today. Uh, next week, we're going to be heading into an eight-week series covering the Minor Prophet book of Habakkuk. Yeah, you're like, what? That's a book? Yeah, that's a name of Minor Prophet. Habakkuk. Everyone say Habakkuk. We'll probably butcher it a bunch of times in the next eight weeks, but that's okay. We'll be in Habakkuk. If you want to start reading ahead this week, you certainly can do that. Uh, it should be a, uh, a, great, a great study. So we're in Ephesians chapter 4, we've, we've, we're on this series of discipleship, and uh, as, we've, as we've talked about discipleship, I want to kind of bring us up to speed on where we are. By no means is this a, an all-encompassing study on discipleship. What we've tried to do is, is condense this into three different areas that really are applicable for every Christian, every Christ follower to be able to listen to and, and follow and make, it, make discipleship more clear. Not necessarily easier, right? It's nothing really easy about discipleship but to make it clear. So if we were to clarify it in three sections, that's what we've tried to do. The first week, we talked about uh, the necessity for vulnerable community, right? That was our first series, Vulnerable Community. Now, as we talk about each section, here's what's important to remember. It's important to remember that as a disciple of Christ, that means I am am becoming and being a disciple. That means I'm going to find somebody who's going to continue to disciple me, which means my hand is reaching ahead of me, upward and grabbing onto someone who's more spiritually mature in their in their faith, uh, maybe more seasoned, uh, can, can hold me accountable and can encourage me in my faith, right? That's that's the goal of that. So on one hand, we reach up as a disciple and then sort of to be a disciple. And then on the other side, we are called to make disciples. So we have our hand reaching down and grabbing onto the next person and, and pulling them up and encouraging them up and strengthening them and holding them accountable and, and helping them through life as well. Uh, I, I mentioned this at length, the first sermon, we should not have this time in our life where we say, well, I'm not ready to reach down and grab onto somebody. No, now, I get that. We may, we may find ourselves in a really compromised situation spiritually where we need to just take time out and say, I need to reflect and get to a place of, of contentment in my own heart and, and obedience to the Lord where I can adequately do that. But for the most part, if we are Christ followers, we should be humbling ourselves every day, repenting of our sin, turning to the Word, and striving, right, striving to get poured into and to pour into others as well. So we should be a long chain on this mountain, right, of progressive sanctification with somebody in front of us and somebody below us that we're, we're holding on to, right? And that's, that's the idea of discipleship. So it, there's kind of a two-pronged attack, right? We're flanking it from both sides. On one side is, I am to be a disciple, on the other side, I am to make disciples. So we talk about vulnerable community. What we say is this. We say that we are to participate in vulnerable community, right? I'm going to participate by being a disciple, and then I want to facilitate vulnerable community as well. And we learned that vulnerable community was offering a free space, a safe space to share your heart and share the burden. Listen, there's a lot of heaviness that weighs on our hearts because of life. Amen? Is your heart heavy at times? Yeah, I mean, we can't, we can't. we're going to see that in Habakkuk also as we study that. We look around and we see circumstances that just weigh us down, and there are burdens. It may be sin in our own life or sin from somebody else that's caused something in our own life, but we want to share that, and we want to share the burden. That's what God's people are called to do, is bear that burden. So part of discipleship is vulnerable community, participating in it. That means you and I should come to a place from humility and say, I need to share the garbage and the junk and and how messed up I am with somebody else and that's a safe place right we shouldn't look for somebody ahead of us that's going to wreck us and take that and, and make fun of us and embarrass us and use it against us we should look for somebody who's going to create a safe place for that to be shared and then help us grow and that leads us to the second uh, aspect of discipleship we talked to last week right it's not just enough that we enter into vulnerable community and and share vulnerably with one another it's not just enough to share our sad story and to listen we have to as Christ followers the next part is shepherd towards submission we need to shepherd towards submission, right? So that was last week's message. We, we're shepherding towards submission. I'm not just going to leave you hanging. I'm not going to say, okay, we're done. We, we have, we, you've shared your heart, and I've shared my heart. Now we can go home. We need to be able to say, I'm going to be discipled in a way that I go to someone and say, here's my stuff. Please lift my eyes to the Lord. Please put my heart and my heart's affection to God and His Word. Please help me submit to the Lord and to His Word. That, we have to do that. We can't just leave our stuff out there and be like, well, oh, I don't know what to do with it. We have to point people to Jesus. We have to point people to the Word of God. So we put ourselves in a position to be shepherded towards submitting to God and to the Word, and then when we're discipling somebody else, we enter into that conversation. Now, I get it. It's really tough sometimes. Someone's being vulnerable with you, and they're sharing with you, and you don't want to crush them. You don't want to destroy their spirit. You don't want to mess everything up by, by saying something tough or hard but those things are needed. As we share that burden in love, we build this relationship relationship bridge that we can walk across, and it stands up when we say, listen, here's what the Word of God says. So when we're in that relationship and and we share, we need to then open the Word and say, what does God's Word say? How would God's Word instruct us in this matter? How can we change our way of thinking? Maybe we have the wrong idea in our mind. That's part of discipleship. When we are in, in a discipleship relationship, we should be seeking seeking out with that person, am I, am I thinking something I shouldn't be thinking? Am I doing something I shouldn't be doing? Do I have a worldview that's wrong? And if so, please point me to the Word of God and to the Lord that I might submit to Him. We should not enter into a discipleship relationship in a vulnerable community if we don't want to change. If what we want is to have someone tickle our ears and, and tell, tell us what we think we need to hear, that's not discipleship, right? That's just a, a group and we do that a lot don't we 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 get with people or in a clique or a little uh, people that like what we like or think with the way we think and and we go to them to reaffirm our position instead of going to someone who's going to point us to the one who we should be obedient to and that's the Lord so we, we enter into vulnerable community and then we then we submit and are uh, shepherd towards submission to the Lord and to the uh, to the Word of God and finally, once, we've, once we're there, our, our heart has been that place of humility where, what do we do now? What, what, it's not just enough to have a, a Bible time over and over and over and over again. We should be doing something with what God is teaching us. And that leads us to today, equipping others for ministry. That's the third aspect of discipleship we'll talk about, equipping others for ministry. which Here's what it means. I want to be spurred on to use the gifts and talents that God has given me, my passions and desires, to serve other people and to advance His kingdom. I want to be used in that way. I, I know that I can't move mountains and I can't do it, but I'm going to trust the one who can. And I want to participate with God in what he's doing. And I want to encourage others to do the same thing. It, it needs to be stated that as we talk about discipleship, it, for the most part, I'll say for the most part, it needs to come from a genuine, repentant, humble heart. I say for the most part because I know there are times in my own life, in my own heart, where I meet with a mentor and I, I, I show up and I almost show up begrudging, like, okay, I'm here. <sighs> Tell me what I need to know. Right? And there's no, the, the heart's not there. But what I do know, I'm there because I know it's going to be good for me. Even though I might, might not be feeling it at the moment, I know it's going to be good, good for me and that the truth will be opened up and that truth will shed light in my heart. And then the sun will begin to rise again and that joy will come, come to fruition. So, most of the time, it, it needs to come from the heart. Like, I want to enter into this from the heart. I'm not going to twist someone's arm. It's not going to be under compulsion. We can't make you do what God wants you to do. You and I have to come into that relationship saying, I really want to submit to God. I really want what He wants for me. I really want to grow in the way He wants me to grow. I really want to learn from his word what he would have in store for me. So it has to come from the heart. If it's not from the heart, this isn't going to work. And, and maybe you've had that before. You've had those relationships where you, you just wasn't, your heart wasn't in it, like you met with somebody and you thought you wanted to grow, but you really found out you didn't really want to grow because your heart wasn't in it. And, and that person can't do anything for you. Right? They, can, they can give you the truth and love you and show you the truth, but until your heart, until my heart humbles itself and, and gets over itself and gets over the pride and ego and starts to melt and soften, it, nothing will happen. It has, the heart has to be in it. And we're going to see that all throughout today. And I, I want us to I give that precursor because it's, this is important. Today, we're celebrating the Lord's Supper. And, and when we talk, today we're, we're doing a sermon on basically gifts, spiritual gifts, how do I serve it can be real easy, and we'll, we'll get this in a minute, but it'll, it can be real easy for us to say, look at all the ways I serve, and check off the boxes. And when we do that, who are we boasting about? Ourselves. May it never be that way. I, I should want to, you should want to willingly offer ourselves in service however God wants me to, because He willingly offered himself as a sacrifice for us. Amen? So as we partake in the Lord's Supper today, as we go through the Word of God, please, please, please hear me. There is no compulsion here. We have a, we have a card in your, in your bulletin we're going to look at in a little while. There's no compulsion for you to fill any of this out and to sign it and, and like we need you to t- take a spot. We, we want to offer opportunities to God's people who want to serve to know where they can serve. But there's no compulsion there. And if there is, you're just checking off boxes in a legalistic way and disregarding the sacrifice of Christ as he went to the cross to fulfill everything that you could ever earn or work for. See, our love and service to one another has to come because he first loved us. And in view of his great love, we are called to love. Amen? So that's just a a warm-up to get ready there. We'll we'll visit that again in a few minutes. So we are in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, today we are talking about equipping others for ministry. I want to pray, and then we'll read this passage together and start to break down our text. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace. God, today as we, as we come, we, we not only remember today, we remember every day that you gave yourself willingly as a sacrifice for our sin. You gave yourself as the perfect lamb sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice, that God, you accomplished everything on that cross and through the resurrection that we could ever hope to achieve. And God, we can't do anything apart from you. So help us have in view Christ and his sacrifice, that he was crucified, buried, and risen from dead to accomplish everything. And that that love that he has showed us would motivate us to love and serve those around us. Not out of guilt, not out of a works-based righteousness, but we would love and serve out of love and joy we have in the finished work of Christ. Open our hearts and minds to be receptive to your word today. Convict us and convince us in ways that we may not have known we needed to be. Help us move to a place of repentance in our life over sin and a place of obedience to the Father, that he might continue to conform us into the image of the Son, Jesus. And we pray in his gracious name. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And he himself, that is Jesus gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ. From Him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Now, we're going to look at four things today that, that have to do with equipping others for ministry. So, number one, we'll jump right into it. Number one, equipping others. We equip others to offer themselves as living sacrifices for the glory of God. I know it's a long point. It's a long one, right? Number one is that we equip others to offer themselves as living sacrifices for the glory of God. This is all about the heart change we're looking for. This is all about what is going on internally. The passage we just read from Ephesians is, is talking about the goal that we would be strong and mature, that the body of Christ would be built up, that we wouldn't be lacking in that. And then we go into a passage in Romans chapter 12, I want to read. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says this, Paul urges, he says, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, in view of God's great mercy for us, in view of what God has accomplished for you and I, in view of that, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Now, I want us to look at this. There's kind of a, a circular argument going on here that we can see. Uh, there is a need, he urges us, because of God's mercies to present our bodies as living sacrifices. And then he says, don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be renewed uh, in, in your mind, transformed by the word, by the renewing of your mind. And then it's saying, basically implying we're going to be able to be strengthened again to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. See, the gospel, the purity of the mercies of God in the gospel, renewed in a clear mind, Will spur us on to offer ourselves as gifts to God, as a living sacrifice. Saying, "God, I'm going to lay myself down willingly for you." When Paul says, "I urge you to present your bodies," that means something. There's a depth there that says, "I'm going to willingly present. I'm not just going to show up for duty and say, here I am.'" Right? I'm a parent, and many of you have been parents or are parents now. Uh, you never really stop being a parent, do you? Right? Even with older kids, I want you to think about this, and, and, and we talked about this several times, probably in the past, because I have kids, I always share the stories. Um, but here, here's the thought. Even my own life as a child, I remember those times where my mom or my dad would have a chore or a list of things to, for us to accomplish, right? I, I do that now with my children, and, and I get the, oh man, really? We got to empty the dishwasher? Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like, okay, stop, time out. Let's check the attitude. And what I'm saying is, let's check the heart here. Let's check the motive of the heart. what's the problem here? Like, we are a family unit. In order to work as a family unit, we are going to work together and love one another in this way. You can love and serve your dad and your mom and your sister by doing this or whoever, right? So I I remember when, like, the garbage, was a garbage thing, right? Hey, Brandon, can you take out the garbage? Yes, I'll take out the garbage. Right? I'm sure my mom was so glad. I was so willing to take out the garbage. And it's interesting, isn't it? We say that like, yeah, I'm willing to take out the garbage. And listen, that, that willingness is not really a willingness, is it? It's like, yes, I'm willing to, but I really don't want to. Do you think God wants us to show up with that kind of willingness? Not at all. Do you think God wants to have us begrudgingly show up and say, okay, I guess if you need me to do He doesn't need you at all. You see, that's a form of pride right away in that unwilling heart that says, I guess I'll participate and in, in help you out, God. He doesn't need us. He's offering us an opportunity to overflow with joy and love from what He has done for us to those around us. We ought to want that. You see, the attitude of the heart has to be in a place that says, I really want it. And, and I'm going to have four really statements today after each point. So the first point is this, that we, what was it? We, we encrypt others to offer themselves as living sacrifices. It, it, here's what it means. I really want to. Like, I really, really want to. It's not that I'll have my arm twisted, and when we fill out this card later on and walk through why we're doing that, please, please, please do not do it if you're like, oh, I guess they need someone to take care of this. Don't. Don't. It's better for you to not do that. God does not want lip service. He wants your heart. He doesn't need your, your help on anything. He's God. But we ought to willingly, from the heart, really want to love and serve our God. Present our bodies as living sacrifices. And we ought to equip others to do that. So what does it look like for discipleship? I better have somebody that's checking the status of my heart all the time. Brandon, are you really willing here? Are you? See, it's not just the... I'm willing, but are you deeply, extraordinarily willing from a heart that just wants to overflow? Are you, is that what you want? You know, I've seen it before, even in our church, in my heart too, it's, it's all of us, right? Someone will call and ask something, oh, okay, I'll do that, yes, I mean, yes, yeah, I'll do that, I'll be over in a few minutes, and it's like, and my heart says, I don't want to be doing this, and then there are lots of times I see it, I see it in you often, where someone will call on you, or someone will email you, or, or it's, we'll call you and ask you if you can meet someone. Yeah, you bet I'll do that. I'll be there in five minutes. And we know it's from the heart. So we got to put ourselves in a place where someone can check on our heart. Are you really, really, really willing? Do you really want to, or are you just trying to check off some boxes? And then the same is true over here. I, on this side, as I'm discipling somebody else, I want to invest in their heart in a way that, that increases their affection towards God affection towards God's word and increases their affection towards God's people in a way that they're like, I want to help. Whatever, whatever I can do, however I can assist, I'm going to do it. That's what we have to do. There's a passage in 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 7. It says, now the end of all things is near, therefore be serious and disciplined for prayer. Uh, in, In that he's saying we can't be lazy. We have to take this very seriously. We can't, we can't settle for the status quo. Well, it's going fine this way. Let's not interrupt what's happening here. Let's not like shift things around and stir the pot. Let's just keep it the same. He says, no, the end is near. Be serious and disciplined for prayer. Above all, maintain an intense love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable. Listen here. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Right? (laughs) Oh, it's right there in the Bible. But that, this is what we're talking about, right? This is that deep-down, extraordinary willingness within our heart that says, I really want to. I'm not just going to be like, okay, okay, fine, I'll take the time. to," live. Like, no, I want to. Whatever, whatever God throws at me, I, yes, God, I'm just going to participate alongside you as best I can with the gifts I have. He goes on and says, based on the gift you, each one has received, use it to serve others as good managers of the varied grace of God. See, we're managing the grace of God. We are imparting grace to others around us as we serve and love one another. If anyone speaks, it should be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, it should be from the strength God provides. Now stop there for a second. When when we serve, when we speak, if we aren't in that heart mindset of, God, I want it to be all you. You do whatever you want. You take me and I'll I'll be used by you. If we aren't there, we are not going to speak God's words. We're going to settle for our own wisdom. Okay, I guess this person needs to talk to me what do I have up here that I can rattle off? Uh, and, and you say something. And you're not participating with God at all. You're not living by the, the spirit of that divine appointment, letting God rule that time. And at the end of that, God never gets the credit for it. That's why when, we, when we're talking about equipping others, we equip them to offer themselves as living sacrifices unto the glory of God. He says, do this with God's strength that he provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To Him belong the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. That, that's what Scripture says, that when we serve others and love others with God's power, with God's strength, humbly from the heart, He gets the credit. So we equip others to offer themselves as living sacrifices under the glory of God. It, it says this, I really want to. I really want to. Number two, we equip others to use their gifts to use their gifts. So we, ha- we have to start with the heart because I don't want to start with the gifts. Like, oh, you have a gift. I'm going to use you and, and do this. Now, let's, let's talk about the why behind the gift first, right? And that's what we go to. Let's get the heart right. The offer, your, offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God because of what he's done for you. And then we say, by using your gifts. By using your gifts. And, and the, the really statement here is this. I really can I really can, and that's, I really can use what God has given me for the benefit of the body of Christ. My gift is not too weak. My gift is not too bold. I am, I am who God has created me me to be, and I really can use whatever gift he's given me in whatever season of life I'm in for his glory and for the body of Christ. Listen, you jip yourself and you jip your church when you say, it's not for me right now. Now, we should pray about that. We should always say, what, what gift does God want me to use right now? But if you're in a place in your life, you're like, no, I can't use any of my gifts. I have to focus on this alone. You may be living in sin. You may not be being blessed from God by using your gifts. And you may not be the, the part of the body of Christ that God has called you to be either. That passage in Ephesians. The goal was that we would build up, using our gifts, we'd build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, and we grow into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. So our our goal is to come together with the gifts and use those to build us up so we become more and more like Jesus. So the world, when they see us, they don't see, don't see the imperfect people. They see imperfect people saved by Jesus. They don't see fighting people and bickering people or lazy people or outgoing. They see people who love Jesus and are serving Jesus Christ, and it's for his glory. He goes on, he says, but speaking the truth in love, that's our last sermon, right? Speaking the truth in love, that's our, our shepherding towards submission. But as we speak the truth in love, it says, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, that is Christ, from him the whole body, and it's talking about us now, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. You don't have to be me. You have to be you. And I don't have to be you. I have to be me. Because the proper working together of the body is when it, each part of it works in the job it's intended to do. Romans 12, says, Paul says this. He says, For the grace given me, I tell everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. So each one of us, has God has distributed a measure of faith. He's given us a gift. We ought to think sensibly. That that's from Him. It's not from us. We don't think more highly than we ought. Then it says, now, we, uh, as, as we all have many parts in one body, so now it's describing the body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, or we belong to one another. It's interesting. If you ever take anatomy or if you're in the healthcare profession and you know the body and we we have to have these different parts of the body in order for it to work. Like, like right now, you're like, you think, if you're right-handed, I, if I lost my right hand, that would be de- devastating, right? I remember my dad had sh- shoulder surgery on his right arm, and he's right-handed. He couldn't do anything. Thought it was, you know, it's, it's like, is this, I did not know, how are you going to do this, Dad? I, and he, he figured it out. Why? Because he has a left hand, too. There's other parts of the body. And imagine, imagine if you were missing something that you thought was not as necessary one day. You're like, oh, I, I use that a lot. I actually need that. Right, I need my left ear more than I thought I did. He says uh, all the parts don't have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually belong to each other. According to the grace given us, we have different gifts. I love that verse. According to the grace given us by God, and, and He's given us grace to give to others as well. That we are means of grace. How is He doing that by giving us different gifts? He gives us different gifts. It's from God that he would give us different gifts to use with one another. What is it for? What are the gifts for? Well, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that you also, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, since you want to use your gifts, seek to excel in building the church. Whatever you, you have, whatever you use, build up the body of Christ. I, I want to read another passage out of uh, 1 Corinthians. I didn't have it listed on the, uh, on the notes there, but it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read that for you. It's verses 12 through... just thinking through this as we as we talk about this you and I all have different gifts and that's okay that that's the way God intended it for to be the question is how are we going to use those gifts are we going to use those gifts and I would tell you you really can just as the just as the body is one and as many parts and all the parts of that body though many are one body so also is Christ for we were all baptized by one spirit into, the, into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or whether slaves or free, and we, were all, uh, and, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, is it not for that reason any less a part of the body? And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, is it not for that reason any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would this, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God, now listen. As it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. You know how many times I hear, well I'm not I'm not like that person. I can't I can't do this like you or I can't do this like them. Guess what? You don't have to. You don't have to. Use the gift that God has given you. I'm going to read that again. As it is, God, the creator of us, the one who's gifted us, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as He wanted. When you aren't using your gift, you're not doing what God intended you to do. And when you're trying to do somebody else's gift, you're not doing what God intended you to do. We don't need 30 feet, right? Imagine if all of us were preachers this morning. The, the interference from the microphones would be crazy and we'd be all up on the stage together just talking to nobody, right? What if there was no Sunday school teachers we'd just sit in the classrooms and stare at each other, right? What if it, no one cut the muffins this morning? I mean, heaven forbid... We don't have our quarter of muffin or made the coffee or stuffed the bulletin or played music or ran sound or give us some slides up here so we could read and sing along. Or the janitor that came in and cleaned for us so it was not a mess. And we, or the people who stacked the pews with all the Bibles and all the doodle sheets, right? Where would we be without the doodle sheets, people? It's so important, especially for kids. The kids love them. There's so many gifts that we need to use, and God has intended it to be just the way it is. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So where do you fit into this? Well, again, this is not a coercion time. This is not a, man, we really need help in all these areas. This is God's church. It'll always be God's church, and and He's going to rule His church, and we can participate if if we're willing. If we're deeply, extraordinarily willing from the heart, we can participate. Uh, Today, we have a special guest coming. Stephanie's going to come up and share her testimony in regards to spiritual gifts and how God has spoken to her over the last few years about that. So welcome, Stephanie. Come on up, Stephanie.
1: Good morning. Is Is this working? sounds different. I came armed with tissues. Because maybe I won't cry happy tears through the whole thing if I see my tissues. Oh, well, there's more people here than first service. Normally when I play the piano, if I don't look out, I'm convinced you're not there. And so I'm not nervous, but if I don't look at you, you'll find me rude. So there's a lot. Okay, I've, poked, I've been poked and nudged for a long time to share this with my Christian church family. And a long story short, today turns out Brandon's sermon is about the very thing why I'm here. But it's frightening to be honest. Why did I end up standing here? I don't have the complete answer. Here I am. We may never fully know what precise purpose we are serving by doing certain things he has asked us to do. Sometimes we find out years later. Sometimes we know instantly. And sometimes we have to carry on knowing that we cannot judge God or his unchanging character because we are human and we will never have the capacity to understand fully the way God thinks or his endless capabilities. But what I do know is that I am here today to share with you that I was asked repeatedly for years, maybe six or seven years, to serve God in a few different ways, but it took me way too long to realize it was the Holy Spirit that was dealing with me. I said last service, I had on there that I was dealing with the Holy Spirit, but he was dealing with me, and he didn't stop. I kept refusing. How embarrassing. I feel, in a way, very incompetent to be up here sharing a small portion of my testimony as an obedient follower of Christ. Like many of you, I learn every day. The more I read the Word, the more I study, the more I involve myself in Bible study or prayer, asking God to bring me what I need to best serve him out of Sunday morning sermon, the more I grow in my knowledge and faith But there's nothing special about me, I'm just me, long-winded, which is why Ben said I need to type this up, so I stay on track. I'm just a current crazy mom of four who moved here 12 years ago, not knowing a soul, no family within 400 miles, my parents are over 700 miles away, left my career in women's health, newborn and general pediatric nursing, back in the cornfields of Iowa where Ben was getting his um, graduate degree to move, on top of a mountain, three months pregnant, where I found it depressing and lonely and quite inconvenient to drive 125 miles when your son announces he needs something that you can't get in town and can't wait for a week to come in the mail. So before long, I convinced myself I no longer had a purpose here. I felt useless. I couldn't work at the hospital. The hours didn't mesh with Ben's schedule and um, childcare was an issue. Couldn't get up and take off on a mission. I always felt like I wanted to or should, but Ben had his job here and my kids run school, so that didn't work either. I did know what a blessing my children were. I knew I was blessed by my husband who worked long hours to provide for our family and have a house so close to town, which allowed me to leave the house 27 times a day to load the car up and go in and out and in and out and pass the same police officer who probably thought I was crazy driving laps still do it every day but I knew that was a blessing and I was serving God by serving my children and raising them up to know the Lord and to know that they are loved by him and how to serve him but something was missing and after about seven years it hit me with a big pie in the face almost all at once what my purpose truly was and what I could be doing to further serve our Lord and I could be doing it all and still be mama for four that I was called to be so here's my story after many years of feeling urged and nudged that maybe I'm supposed to offer to admit that I could play a little bit of piano and serve on the worship, I noticed all the excuses I kept making for myself. The more excuses I made, the more the nudging kept coming back. I hadn't had a piano lesson since I was 14. I hadn't practiced since I was 14. I didn't have a good piano to practice on. I had no Christian music. I had no experience in playing modern worship style. The list went on and on and on. Somehow I stumbled across a beautiful piano. It was willed to a woman who died of cancer, and this pianist had horrible arthritis and she couldn't use it much anymore. But she sold it to me for half the price it was worth for the promise that it would be used with love. What a blessing. There went that excuse. Somehow one day I wound up accompanying the children's choir at the elementary school, and that was a big challenge looking back. It made me feel nervous, stressed. I didn't feel good enough for that. I didn't like feeling like that, but I knew that God put me in that position to prepare me for bigger things later. And while I was there playing, a lady who was not a Christian, um, she heard I was thinking about playing maybe for the church, and she had a little stack of music. She said, these sound nice, but I'm not using them, so I want you to have them. Well, there went that excuse. So I had music, I had a piano, and then we received fo- two kids in foster care for a few months and I decided I had no time to practice. I forgot to mention, along with the persistent doorbell that kept ringing that I should maybe serve in, in music, um, God told me that I was to serve children and, and maybe their mothers, and children in need in Siskiyou County who needed served through foster care that way. So. My family became foster certified and then adoption certified. Um, We'd still take emergency intakes when they need them, um, short placements. And that's how we wound up with our little Lynn. We brought her home when she was three months old and wound up adopting her. So there was my calling and my ability to serve God in a way he needed me to serve. But back to those girls, one actually was able to go twice a week to FBC preschool on, with one day's notice and and the rest went to school and so guess what when I wasn't working I had time to practice there went that excuse but I was still certain I was not good enough I make mistakes and too many and they're humiliating but Hebrews 13:16 reads do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God humiliation that is not an excuse. What an excuse and a small sacrifice to pay compared with Jesus Christ's sacrifice for our salvation. Philippians 2:4 reads, "Let each of you look not into His own interests, but also into the interests of others." So keeping that in mind, God tells me I should serve others using my abilities that God has given me in the best way that I can, and with joy I should serve the Lord." And yes, I make mistakes. I make many, many mistakes but God has delivered many reassurances to me over the past couple of years that I'm obeying his call, and I get to share with my church family about the worship songs I feel led to play, how they shared with me how they were influenced, and it just brings joy to me to light the fire, to keep on going, keep serving. Is it easy? No, absolutely not. Then why do I do it? My own relative asked, foster care, adoption, worship music, don't you have enough to do already? Why would you want to do that to yourself? You have enough to worry about without taking on something else. That's not easy. Easy? Who said our walk in faith is going to be easy? It's just the opposite. God warns us being a Christian and proclaiming our faith will not always be easy. Christians are persecuted daily in many ways, but as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit in our heart to guide us and serve us to do what is pleasing for God. Even mopping our wood floors or cleaning up after four unruly mess-making animals. My kids, I never knew anyone is so capable at making such a mess or furthermore, uncapable at cleaning up after themselves. However, when they go to school and I'm grumbling and complaining and grimacing and stomping around the kitchen, mopping, wondering why I'm the only one stuck doing this day in and day out, cleaning up messes. I'm reminded of Romans. Romans 12:11 says, never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Um, Yes, there are many ways to serve, and I remind myself, if God rang my doorbell and asked me to mop my floors and clean up after my kids, I'm sure I would do it gladly without much complaining. But why then do we deny God's desire for us and choose not to serve, or even worse, quit? A couple of years back, nothing seemed to be going my way. Nothing. Time after time everything kept falling down, falling apart. I felt inadequate, unequipped, overloaded. Maybe this wasn't for me after all. So I decided I was gonna throw in the towel and quit. Quit work, quit piano, quit my foster care services. At the same time, package came in the mail and it was the most random package I've ever received. That's a pink skirt, a frilly sequenced, some sort of skirt. And my sister sent it to me. She got it from a premier at her work, and she didn't think she could use it. My sister's not a Christian, by the way. But she she mailed this skirt to me. She thought the baby was too young for dress up, and Telia was too old for dress up. But if I held on to it, maybe I could get some use out of it in the future. I decided to inspect this skirt. I got curious. On the tag is a quote. The business name is called Heavenly Hostess. And the motto was serve with grace. Never heard of that company. But I found it so strange, I kept inspecting the tag. And on it, here's a verse, 1 Peter 4.10. Many Bibles word it differently, a little bit differently, but this version read, God has given us special abilities and we must use them to help each other. I read it over and over and over and I wept I wept, and I wish it would have said "I, we should think about trying to use a bit of our abilities every once in a while to try and help each other out a little bit. No, there were no maybes and no perhapses, just we must use our abilities. I didn't have a choice, and that freaked me out. I just heard from the Holy Spirit through my non-believing sister on a bright pink skirt that I could not quit. It's frightening. Very soon after, the enemy attacked again, and once again, I felt inadequate and flustered. But this time, I was convinced I was doing what I was called to do. One thing led to another, and I wound up having a conversation with a good friend. And she shared with me a saying I think about all the time. All the time. It comes to my head. God will not always call on the equipped, but God will always equip the called. Keeps you going. So true. And so comforting to be reminded that if he calls us to serve, he will deliver the goods. He will provide us with what we need to get the job done. Well, then I had to ask Mr. Potter, why didn't you make my fingers an inch longer? It would be easier to play the piano. I guess I didn't need to hit those really big chords after all. So he will provide us with what we need to get the job done. And then, actually, on the line of fingers, Bach himself said, He's been quoted talking to his students. He was a very humble um, Christian, composed all his music in the name of God, and he told his student, well, you have five fingers on each hand, and they're just as healthy as mine. Well, use your fingers. Serve humbly. He, com- OK, he had a huge gift. Anyhow, as I was saying, I felt attacked again, needing to once again quit. Then I learned Dane's cell phone number, and I was just going to send him a text. Really easy saves me some embarrassment. I tried three times. I composed something three times and I couldn't send it. I, I tried, but I didn't. Something held me back. At the same time, around this time, my son came home with a terrible homework assignment. And he had to cut out a bunch of liter- English examples and glue them on paper from magazines. Homophones. Remember homophones? Two words that sounded like and spelled differently. Pear and pear. Well, We were down, I needed one more. It was the last thing I had time to do. I had the baby getting into mischief, three burners going behind me in the kitchen. I'm chopping carrots, trying to get dinner ready. Now I'm skimming through magazines at lightning speed. And I said, Lord, just review me some words, please. We just need these words. And I came across two words, woods and wood, wood and wood. I chopped the S off of woods. But the word was still intact, so I don't think I cheated. So something nudged me to find out why the words wood and wood were sitting together in a sentence in this magazine. And the quote was, the woods would be very silent if no birds sang, except those that sang best. And although I know it doesn't take much for me to do so, but after I froze and my hair stood up, I read it a dozen times again, and guess what? I wept, and I wept, and I wept, because that quote can only be applied it can be applied to anyone with any form of ability any level of ability any level of talent any in any situation the woods would be very silent if no birds sang except those that sing best so apparently through pink skirts homework assignments the lord spoke loudly to me and i was not able to quit i had to keep fighting ahead and serving because that's what god wants me to do and you too Any amount, any level of ability or talent can be used for God's glory. Volunteering in many settings, serving children, offering to babysit. Maybe there's a small group that needs a babysitter. Two languages, you speak two languages, help translate. Enjoy gardening, mow your friend's lawn, give rides. Even if you think you're good for nothing, it's not true. God created you in his image. He has a plan for us all. Maybe you're a grandparent or a senior who doesn't get out of their house much and does not feel sufficient in physically serving. But I tell you what, my kids, they don't have any grandparents within hundreds of miles around from here. And the relationships they've formed here with our our church family are very special. And they love nothing more than to play card games and give hugs and sneak some cookies. So maybe you like to play cards and spread the word and spread love and sneak cookies. Serve with gladness. We all know that we serve out of love and not for works. And God's grace comes without needing to sign up to complete the works. As a Christian family, we're all aware of God's precious gift of salvation. And from there, we serve with joy. And if this were not the case, we'd be arguing over the sign-up sheet for Love Does Week. All 200, and like Brandon said, all 200 of us would be up here on stage trying to sing on the worship team. Except me. You wouldn't want me to do that. Um, We all have our unique abilities, so use them. God finally pinned me down and told me how I could serve. And I waited and I prayed for years. And Lori would always say, pray and the Holy Spirit will hear you and he'll speak to you. I know I'm, I'm positive I told her in the past. I just do not know what spirit you're in contact with because I haven't heard from him. But you will and it will be obvious. Serve and obey because anyone with any ability, gift or talent God has given them, which is all of us, can learn a humble reminder that God gives us just the right amount of ability to accomplish the goals he sets us out to accomplish for his glory. Because really, if we all feel inadequate in what we can learn or do, we will all be sitting around doing nothing and waiting for someone else to come along. I mentioned jokingly to Brandon um, in discussing about being best. I said, well, maybe Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic might have trouble finding someone to top them in their tennis talents. But Brandon's reply was, well, they would not be able to play if they did not get up and try. Good point. So please trust me if plain old Stephanie, who, I'm just me, not, no one special. I felt I had very little purpose for quite some time. If I can come to hear the voice of God and learn what abilities God wants me to use, and if I can obey and serve, I guarantee without a doubt you can too. Come talk to me. I will brainstorm with you or share more of my testimony because this is the mini version being obedient and using your talents, gifts, and abilities won't be easy. It won't be comfortable, but it will bring so much joy to the God we serve. And it won't be easy, and it sometimes will be outright painful. I was racing around trying to make sure Ben was going to watch Lynn and keep an eye on her because she had been trampolining on the dismantled couch in the living room, and I had five minutes to beat the crossing to picnic up from youth group and get dinner on the table and get Christopher to ball practice. And I turned around and ran full speed ahead. I forgot where I was. Right into the corner of the door jamb. Smashed my nose, split my head open, landed on the floor. And Ben saved me a trip to the ER and glued my head back together, and I said, Tex- Chase, I'm going to be a few minutes late. Sorry. And I was on my way. But it's starting to sound like 1 Peter 4:19: Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. So keep serving, keep fighting. And try not to split your head open while doing it. And remember, the woods would be very silent if no birds sang except those who sang best.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. That was great. That, you know, we, uh, yeah, I'll use the tissues. Um, we're well, back to our, our text here, and, you know, that's just an example of, of faithfulness, saying, I'm, I'm going to let God use me uh, wherever we can. In fact, we're going to pause real quick. Take this green card out, if you would, please, out of your bulletin. You should have those. Uh, I don't know if I line up any ushers. Alistair, are you around? Cool. Uh, if you don't have one, raise your hand. Alistair's got one for you. Raise your hand. I want to have everyone have one of these. This is not, again, under compulsion, right? I'm not twisting your arm to fill this out, but I want everyone who wants to have one and who wants to see how they might be able to, to partner with God to have one of these uh, I'm going to walk through this for a minute. They, these are ways that uh, you, could, you could certainly serve uh, and, and say, I, I'm, I'm eager, I'm hungry to do this. I, I, I want to from a passion, from my experiences. You don't have to, right? We don't need, these are not projects we have ready to go tomorrow that we desperately need you to fill out. We, we want to give you an opportunity to say, yeah, I, I really want to do that. I, I'm really good at this. I want to participate in that. Anyone else need one? Need everyone got one? Over here, Alistair. <coughs> Karen, John. So just one over here, right there, and we got Mary right there, okay. So let's, let's go take a look at this real quick. Um, your name and phone number, email, go ahead and start filling this out as I talk, if you would please. I'm going have to have Alistair collect these in just a minute as well. Um, you, you put your contact info down. Here's how this works. We, we hear of needs within the body. Someone calls up and says, I'm moving next week, I need some help doing this. I, I've got actually a, a gal who needs some help this week for, for hauling some, some stuff to the dump. So there's some ways that we can participate, and when we hear of that need, we email that need out here and there, whenever it is, not every day, right? It's every week or every other week or maybe once a month. And we email that need out to those who have said, I want to participate in that way. So you'll get an email that says, hey, here's a need. If you can fill it, great. If not, no big deal. Check your schedule. See what's going on. If God says this is the perfect timing, then let us know. It's an opportunity. We give you an opportunity. If you're not signing up to be on a team that's committed to serving this way every single time. What you're saying is, I'll, I'm happy to be available if I can. And that's, that's what we say. So uh, a couple different uh, categories. One is building and grounds on here. Building and grounds. Uh, what are some ways? And that's, that's not just here at the campus, FBC campus. That's within the body of Christ, too. People who have those needs outside of the body. How can we help get, or have help? painting, right? Maybe that's your thing. You're like, "I just you give me a paint roller and I'll just be happy all day long." You're you're weird, but that's great, all right? That's okay. I'm not I'm not that gift. If you are, mark that down. We'd love to let you know when there's a need for that. Uh, landscaping, right? Maybe you love flower beds and gardening and and doing those kinds of things and if if you do, mark that down, right? Construction. <clears throat> this is again, this is not for you like I really wish I was good at construction. I'll mark it down. No, it was like you have a hammer on you and a screwdriver and a Swiss Army knife all the time. Your truck has duct tape. You know how to use a chop saw without cutting your finger off, right? This is a con- that's the idea of construction there, right? I, yes, I'm, I'm gifted to that. I could probably fix anything structurally that you have for me. Let me know if there's a need. That's construction. Yard work, right? You, you can rake. You can clean up. You can, you can blow leaves. You can rake leaves. You can bag leaves. Those are things that we need yard work for, right? Sometimes people in our church need help with that as well. Uh, and then clean up or hauling. Maybe you're like, I have the spiritual gift of a truck and trailer. Right? That's, that's a spiritual gift if you didn't know that, right? <clears throat> I have that gift. I have a truck and trailer. Come on. Come on. Let us know. And if, when we have a need for hauling, hauling stuff to the dump, we'll, we'll let you know. And if you can fill that need, great. Uh, the next area is the compassion section. It's, this is more of a person-to-person thing. And by the way, we have seen so many amazing blessings come out of these areas. So many. We have seen so many people who have responded back or said, thank you so much, or, or the people, people across the street peeking through the blinds, watching you as you serve people. It's been outstanding. They, they can see the love that we have for one another and the love we have for Jesus, and it draws them to Jesus. They see the compassion we have for one another. These are ways you can serve in that way. Maybe you love to work, do physical work, hard work, hard labor with your body. If you want to bring in stack wood, that might be for you, right? That's under compassion. Uh, maybe you, you're like, you know, I have free time. I have a lot of free time. I, I'd be happy to give rides to people to appointments. Maybe they can't get a ride and they need that help. Let me know uh, or go grocery shopping. They'd give me a list. I'll go grocery shopping or maybe I'll take that person grocery shopping. I can help in that way. Uh, maybe you're, you're good at snow removal. You have a snowblower or, or plow or things like that or a tractor and you want to help out in those ways or you just have strong muscles and a shovel, right? And say, I want to I help widows that have, uh, that have a need for snow removal. Um, making meals. This is amazing, too. So many, like, so many people, again, all these areas have been blessed in the last six to 12 months, or in, and more than that, in the life of this church, but we've really started to compile a, a bigger ministry in this recently, and, and so many people continue to say how blessed they are for the way they've been served in these areas. Maybe you ha- you're gifted at cooking, right? This is not like, oh, I'd love to make a meal, but I don't know how, you know. No, it's, we want, don't, don't experiment on people, please, that need service. We want people that love to cook and cook good stuff, right? And, and it, it helps. You take it to a home and a family. Maybe they just had a surgery and, or, they're, or they're, we have someone that's waiting for another surgery. There's, it's a tough time around home. Can't get around very good. We're giving meals to them. We had a family recently, uh, a month or two ago, had twins, right? I mean, you have twins. Your, your hands are kind of full, giving some meals there. What a blessing that has been to serve in that way, to love in that way. Um, so if making families for fu- or meals for families in funer- uh, families in need or for funeral services. So many times someone loses a family member, they call us, can we have the reception here? Sure. Can can we help you out with that? We'll we'll put the spread out and take that pressure off. Amazing. You cook your pie, your cookies, or your casserole, whatever you bring, it's just a blessing uh, and a a burden that's lifted off of those families. Uh, Visitation. Sometimes there are folks that are sick and can't get out, or maybe the the weather keeps them in. Uh, Maybe whatever it might be, they're, they're shut in. At, there's opportunity to go visit and talk, and maybe you, you just love to visit, or maybe you read stories, or you love to listen, and can just spend time, heart-to-heart, one-on-one kind of time. Uh, maybe it's a visitation hospital. Someone's sick, and you're like, I'll, I'll go by and see them. I'll go, I'll go visit and talk to them and just cheer them up. If that's you, if, that, if you have that kind of spiritual gift, great, right? Construction guys may not be that, but that's okay. We, we serve in the way that God has gifted us to, to serve. Uh, the next area there is connection team. Uh, you, you might notice when you come to church here, there are greeters out there they absolutely have the spiritual gift of a smile, right? Like, like some people just are not gifted at greeting other people. And they're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm good. But here, you come to come here, you're likely to get a hug, a, for sure a smile and a handshake, uh, a warm welcome. That is our goal there. So if that's, your, if that's your gift and you're like, I love people, I love to say hi, I love to greet people, mark that down. We could, we could use you on a rotation there. Um, card writing. We, we have a card writing ministry, right? When people are absent for a while, we write personal cards. We miss you. We're, thinking about you. If, you. if that's you and you like doing that, let us know. We can put you on that rotation. Birthday cards, anniversary cards, miss you cards. Uh, the usher team. We have some guys who are helping with ushers. They pass things out. They take care of the needs around here. They take people to Sunday school or make sure moms know where the nursery is, where the cry room is. It's just kind of helping people out around here, seeing the needs and meeting the needs during church service. Uh, And then guest follow-up is also another one. Someone fills out a welcome card, right? It sends to our office tomorrow morning, and we we get that card, and we want to follow up with that person. Check in. How is your time here? Are there there questions we can answer? Are there ministries we can get you you connected with? Would you like to meet with a pastor or talk with an elder? We'll get you connected there. How can we help connect you, right? People that might have a talent in that, you can check that off. Uh, Administrative area, it's phone calls and office help, some other areas that you could participate in there as well. And then there's a, an other category on the bottom. Maybe you're like, Brandon, none of those were what I'm gifted at, but here it is. It might be odd. Write it down. We'd love to we'd love to incorporate that and add that to the list. And, and we want to help you serve in, in some capacity. Now, listen, this is not coercion. This is, I hope one of these places warmed your heart and you're like, that's me. And you, you marked it off. Okay. So go ahead and finish that up and then pass those to the outer edges. Alistair, if you want to run up and down the aisles or maybe just walk out, whatever you want, and grab those. That would be great. Turn those in. Listen, if you, maybe you still don't know. You're like, I don't know. I'll take it home. Then take it home. If you don't want to fill it out at all, don't fill it out at all. Um, Mike's over here. He'll collect those as well. Um, It does not mean you're going to sign up for a job tomorrow, but we may email you and say, hey, there's an opportunity that comes up, okay? If you're still unsure, like, I don't know how to serve or what to do, please, by all means, talk to your Bible study leader. Talk to an elder. Talk to Alistair at the kiosk. Talk to someone. Talk to your person that's discipling you and say, listen, I need help figuring out, talk to Stephanie, right? I need figure, help figuring out, what am I gifted at? How can I serve? How can I be a part of the family of God? Now, we are going to go into, uh, just briefly, the, the last two uh, points of the sermon, and then we're going we're to celebrate Lord's Supper. So we're going back to our text now, and talk back to the, the sermon time, as you guys fill out your cards and pass those out to the edges. Um, we talked about the first two points as we equip others for ministry. We equip others to offer themselves as living sacrifices for the glory of God, and we equip others to use their gifts And it says, I really can, right? I really want to. And it says, I really can use my gifts. Um, I hope you've seen that now, right? You've seen that in, in, in a variety of ways at our church and within our community. The final two, number three, we equip others to make disciples of all nations. We equip others to make disciples. So when I go to my discipler, I should be challenged to go and make disciples, right? That person should be asking me, who are you pouring into? Who are you investing in? Who are you sharing the word of God with? Who are you encouraging and building up? Right? We should be disciples who make disciples. Amen? And, and, and this, is, this answers the question or says the phrase, I or I'll really obey. I'll really obey. Well, Why do we say that? Because Jesus said to his disciples, go and make disciples. Jesus told us to do that. So if we're being discipled, we should be discipled and pushed to make disciples, equipped to do that. And we should equip our disciples to make disciples, right? It's we make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. I'll I'll really obey. Jesus said, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you." Jesus Jesus gave us the orders. Go and do that. And Timothy Paul says, "Now what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, right? What I've taught you, what you've learned, the scripture we've read, commit it to faithful men." Now this is this scripture is not talking about men. Commit it to faithful people commit it to people that that will take it and they'll be able to teach it to others also. So we want to build that person up, that disciple up, so they can then share that with somebody else. That's so important to do. Uh, Part of equipping others for ministry is equipping others to make disciples of all nations. Saying, I'll really obey Jesus' call to do that. I'll really obey. Finally, uh, number four. find my notes here. Number four, we, we equip people to love And serve one another as Jesus did. We equip people to love and serve one another as Jesus did. And this says this: I'll I'll really invest. I'll really invest. I won't just, it won't be lip service, it won't just be like, oh, I was present, wasn't that enough? No, I will really invest my heart and my life here. Jesus said, I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another by this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus said, love one another, and he told us how to do it, didn't he? He said, just as I loved you, that's how you're to love one another. Remember earlier we talked about the idea of of laying our lives down as a living sacrifice? Jesus is calling us to do the same thing. What was his example? That he laid his life down as a living sacrifice. Peter exhorts us to, above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. I want to read one more passage from from Jesus, talking to his disciples who were arguing about who's greatest, how can I be greater, how can I be better? I I want us to see what Jesus' response is there. In, In Matthew 20, verse 25, he called them over and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. He's saying, listen, all your talk, all your big talk about wanting to be in power, sounds really familiar to me. It sounds like the people were against it must not be like that among you, he says. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must also, or must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. You see, the, the only way we can adequately serve one another is when we understand how immensely Christ has served us as he laid down his life for us on the cross. You and I, through our sin, were absolutely separated from God by that sin. And we are deserving of death and hell and separation from God. But Jesus, who is gracious, but God, who is rich in mercy, offered Christ up for us. And Christ went as the unblemished, perfect Lamb of God. And he died on that cross. He died in a place I deserve to die. He died in a place that you deserve to die so that we could be free. See, he came and he laid down his life. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve in that way and to give his life as a ransom for many. And we can only now love because Christ first loved us. So when we talk about spiritual gifts and serving and getting involved in ministry, there is no coercion here at all. We only, out of the abundance of joy in our heart and the overflow in our heart for what Christ has done, that is the only way we can adequately serve God or serve others. Because He first served us. Because He first loved us. So even as you fill out that card, I'll say it again, and i said it all sermon long. Please, it is not coercion. We don't need you. God doesn't need you to fill a spot. He wants you to participate with Him if you want to. But if you filled out a card and said, okay, fine, I'll do this. I'll, someone's, they're asking over and over, I'm going to do it. No, that's wrong. And you're not even in a position to, to receive the Lord's Supper today in that, ca- in that case. Because you put pride and ego above your own, your own humility. You said, okay, I, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll do it because God needs me. Instead of, you know what, because God loves me, I will do whatever He asks me to do. Today we're going to come to the Lord's Supper, and that's, that's the attitude we should have. We should understand fully that this is all about what Christ has done for us in any way that we serve or love one another is only because he first loved us. Amen. I'm going to ask the, the, the gentleman I've asked to serve Lord's Supper to come up and the worship team to come up now as well, please. We're going to close with, uh, with communion today and, and partake in the Lord's Supper together. Guys, if you want to stand over here with us. We'll, uh, we'll pray and I'll give some instruction regarding Lord's, Lord's Supper. Let's pray. Father, we, we are so thankful that you love us. And Father, may, may we always have in view and in mind and in heart the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. May we never take that for granted or take that in vain. God, I, I just pray that you would help us to understand that we have to first come to Christ and understand the, the depth of forgiveness we have had in him before we can outflow with any kind of service or love that's adequate for the building up of the body. God, we want to be motivated from the, from the depths of our heart, from an extraordinary willingness because of your great love to serve others. So help us be there. And God, as we participate and celebrate the Lord's Supper today, as we remember your body and your blood given and shed for us, that God, it would humble us to remember it's all about Jesus and it's always been about Jesus and will always be about Jesus, that we're here to love him and love others and point people to Jesus.